little bit about cooking beef or lamb or pork, um, the first thing that we're going to look for, especially when it comes to cooking beef, is that we really, uh, and lamb would be the same, we want to look at the grades. Now, what this means is that grading, all meat is inspected, and that's for uh, making sure that it's safe, but not all meat is graded, or it doesn't have to be, it's not legally required, but most, if not all of it, is because it's a selling point for, uh, for manufacturers, for people who are, are, are uh, selling beef and lamb and pork, is that they have it graded. Pork is not graded, um, but lamb and beef both are. Now, the highest grade that you can get in both of those categories, whether it's beef or lamb, is prime. Prime means that it's got the ultimate amount of marbling or fat that's kind of spread throughout the muscle fibers um, in in a steak, per se. Um, you The next step down is you're going to have choice, uh, and that's going to be a little bit less of that marbling, that fat that's intertwined in the muscle fibers. And then the last thing um, from a consumer standpoint is select or uh, when it comes to beef or good when it comes to lamb. So uh, one of the things that you're going to look for in these, uh, in these steaks or in these roasts or whatever you're buying is generally choice is about the lowest grade that uh, restaurants, hotels, food service outlets will go. Is Most of them will not serve select products. Some will but most kind of stick middle of the road with that choice. Now, there's grades within choice, but for the most part, when you're buying meat, you really want to go after the at least choice cuts of meat. Um, and most stores and retail outlets have actually started uh, selling almost all choice because of the consumer demand and, and the understanding that uh, people have now of, of the different grades of meat. So uh, you can buy Prime. In some cases, a lot of times you'll have to go to a, a specialty store uh, of, of sorts to be able to get that where they have in-house butcher shops because it's not, because it's so expensive, it's not always um, purchased as much as choice just from a cost standpoint, but you can get it if you go to those, those different stores. Now, it really depends on what you're making to decide what cut you should get. Um, steaks is pretty self-explanatory if you're if you're looking to serve steak then buy a steak if you want more of like a shredded beef then you would buy a larger cut of meat that is um, more for for shredding that you're going to cook for a longer period of time and really allow the the collagen and the connective muscle um, fibers in there to to kind of melt and degrade and and uh create that that shredded beef type texture um, or if you want a roast that you're that you're going to cook and and slice and serve medium rare like a prime rib you know th those would be different uh, different applications and different cuts that you would look for to be able to to do that so a lot of it depends on what you want your end result to be do you want to be able to serve a roast medium rare well then you're going to want to buy uh, a, a cut of meat that is bigger and has the ability to be sliced. So generally that's just one muscle 
um, one solid muscle like a like a loin, like a, a strip loin or a, a, a prime rib or even an eye of round or something of that nature. If you want to do, if you want to cut it and, and serve it more of that medium, medium rare, then that's, that's the type of cut that you want to get. Steaks, again, are kind of self-explanatory, but then if you want a bigger, or if, you, if you're looking for more of a pot roast or more of a um, shredded beef type texture, then, you know, you would go for something that's more of like a pot roast or a, a, a shreddable type of beef that's maybe um, a little bit cheaper that you can cook and cook and cook and cook and allow it to just be shredded. Uh, when it comes to pork, pork, there's a, the misnomer out there that pork you have to just cook to death. The uh, FDA has actually come out and the um, reason that we used to cook pork just all the way as much as we could was to try to get rid of uh, trichinosis. But trichinosis really isn't a problem as much as it has been in the past um, we've changed what we're feeding pigs we've made some adjustments and so because that's not as much of an example we're going to cook that just like we do a whole muscle meat for like a pork loin or pork tenderloin or anything like that where you're actually going to be able to serve it more of, of like a medium than necessarily a well done so kind of keep that in mind um when it comes to buying meat, obviously you want to make sure that the meat is nice and bright in color, um, that it's not it's not dull, there's not dark spots in it, it's not green, it's not gray, it, uh, it just looks nice and bright and there's no discoloration. I also want to make sure that uh, it's got a good texture to it and obviously in the stores you're not going to really be able to smell it, but if you can smell it, then that's not a good sign. Um, if you pick something up and immediately you can smell something, then that is that generally means that there uh, is something wrong with it, and you're not going to want to you want to deal with that. Better safe than sorry. Now, when it comes to cooking the meat, generally there is uh, two different ways to really do that. When it comes to when it comes to beef and lamb and pork, where you're you're actually going to be able to cook it rare, medium rare, uh, medium well, well done. You, there's the two different ways that you're going to be able to do that is really by either temperature or touch. Now, cooking it by touch takes a lot of time and a lot of experience. And so my suggestion is, is you always start out with temperature. And then as you get the feel for that and as you get more comfortable with that, then you can start looking at using, uh, using the touch method. So when you're cooking with temperature, what you really want to do is, is look at different ranges. So the ranges with, uh, with beef and lamb would be, um, and, and pork also, you're looking about, if you want to go rare, you're looking about 120 degrees. Now, a lot of this depends on the size of what you're cooking also. Now, keep in mind that the smaller something is, the more carryover cooking time it has. Or, I mean, the less carryover cooking time that it has. So what, it, what that means is that if I have a, a small steak and once I get done cooking it and I pull it off the heat, it's going to continue to carry over cook. That means that there's still, the molecules are still moving. There's still a lot of energy from the heat that, we're, that we still have in there. And so what ends up happening is that I might 
pull that meat off at 120 degrees, but it might end up finishing before it's done cooking more of like 125. Now, when it comes to bigger roasts, you're going to have more carryover cooking time because there's more energy within that and it's going to carry over a little bit longer. So you might pull a roast, a big roast out and, uh, and let it set for a minute. And what's going to end up happening is it's going to end up carrying over for probably closer to like 10 or 15 minutes instead of the, you know, the two to five minute type thing that you would with a, with a steak. So keep that in mind when you're measuring temperature that you're actually, if you want something done to about 120 degrees with like a steak, you're going to want to cook it to more like 115, 118. With uh, a traditional roast, if you want that done to like 145 degrees, which is more like a medium uh, type temperature, then you're going to actually want to pull that out at, at more of like a 140 um, type temperature because again it's going to continue to carry over cook and uh, and so you want to you want to make sure you account for that now when it comes to things like hamburgers and ground beef those we're going to actually want to just err on caution side and cook those to about 155 degrees because what ends up happening is it's the same principle with dry aging the reason dry aging works is that we basically allow bacteria and and growth on the outside of the meat we allow the enzymes and things inside the meat to break down the muscle fibers and kind of change the texture and the flavor and um, but the outside of it is, is rot essentially but what ends up happening is we cut away that rot on the outside and then we're left with this this beautiful product on the inside because bacterial growth happens from the outside in not the inside out now, it's the same thing, the concept with hamburgers or, or ground beef um, is kind of the same thing where that generally ground beef or hamburgers is usually a, a mixture of different whole muscle meats. And so we grind it up and what ends up happening is bacterial growth can happen anywhere, not just from the outside in, but also from the inside out because we have all these different meats and we have air and moisture and all the things that they, uh, those bacteria require to grow, they're throughout the product. So we want to make sure that we kind of cook things a little bit more, um, more done to be able to make sure that we're, we're serving a safe product and we're not uh, potentially harming anybody. Now, is it okay to eat a medium rare hamburger? That's up to you. That's your preference. If you, um, if you're, if you're feeling good that it's okay to do that more of a of a medium or a medium rare even, then that's up to you. But uh, to be better safe than sorry, you can always cook it to about 155 degrees and get it all the way cooked through without drying it out. Now, once you get over 155 degrees, you're going to start to dry out the meat because what happens is as you cook the meat regardless of whether it is uh, burgers or roasts or steaks or whatever, the more that we cook it, the, the protein molecules essentially think of it like a wet towel. That the more we cook it, the more we really twist that wet towel. And what happens is we twist the wet towel, moisture kind of comes out of it, streams out of it. So the more we twist that, the more moisture comes out of it, 
it's the same thing in our meat. The more we cook it, the more those protein strands constrict, the more that moisture comes out of it. So if we can, if we can cook it to about 155 degrees, we can maintain a nice juicy interior without um, having to worry about any, any type of E. coli or, or type of um, foodborne illness that might occur there. So basically when we're cooking with temperature, um, rare is more of about 120 degrees, medium, medium rare, you're looking anywhere between 130 to 145 degrees. And then, uh, uh, which would be, you know, medium would be more than 130, medium well would be more than 145, 140, 145, and then well done, we want to go about 155. And that's about the highest that we want to do there and still maintain a, a nice juicy product. So keep these things in mind when it comes to cooking our beef or lamb or our pork that uh, it depends on what your end result is, what you want there. But if you keep these principles in mind of uh, cooking by either temperature or touch, which uh, we'll talk about a little later, is, um, is, is definitely crucial to being able to get the desired results that you want.